Hi, and welcome to episode 23 of the Connect podcast. In today's episode, we'll be continuing a discussion with Principal Applications Engineer Sonder Mertens about the statistics behind performance benchmarking and how to find the perfect system optimization tools. We'll also learn how percentiles provide deeper visibility into the behavior and predictability of your system. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Connext podcast. This is Nihir Patel. And today with me, I have Sander Mertens again. We uh, talked last time about performance benchmarking and DDS in particular, and we wanted to extend and, and meet some of our promises we made in that podcast to, to dig deeper into the statistics behind performance benchmarking. From there, we'll talk a little bit more about tooling and, and comparisons between tools and then at the end of it, we're going we're gonna to have a little twist for you. So uh, stay tuned for that. But Sander, thanks for, for joining me again. Thanks for uh, all the uh, insight into performance for, for DDS. And just as a reminder to our audience, Sander is from the professional services team. So for performance needs, make sure you reach out to Sander and the team. Uh, but Sander, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining. Sure thing. So, so Sander, last time we talked about apples to apples comparisons and extending that into this conversation is going to be really critical, uh, especially when we, we start talking about statistics and, and digging into the fundamentals of, of what it means to really compare performance between DDS implementations or just applications and, and systems on a whole. So if we take one of the, the attributes from last time, we talked about latency, jitter, throughput. Let's, let's just start with latency and, uh, let's break down, right? Is, is, you know, is it important for us to look at max uh, versus max or minimum? Or what about median and mean? Right. Right. Yeah. So there's different ways in which you can measure latency. Um, there's different statistics that you can keep track of. Um, so just to start, I mean, a lot of tools will give you the average uh, latency. An average, um, it, well, it basically means you take all the measurements and you divide them, uh, you know, you, you add them all up and then you divide them by the number of measurements. Um, and so it's useful to get sort of like a, a general sense of, of how your implementation is performing. But it, does, it doesn't tell you a lot about how predictable the implementation is. Because one of the things that happens when you're measuring average is you're sort of getting rid of a lot of information on, let's say, the highs and the lows. Like maybe my average performance is good, but maybe there is a lot of variation in that performance, right? And, and that's something that you lose in an, in an average number. So average by itself is usually not enough. You need more than that. And so... Um, what you'll see is that uh, some other tools provide you, for, for example, with the minimum latency uh, as well, in addition to the average. And so minimum latency basically gives you the lowest uh, measurement, like the, the fastest sample, basically, that you've measured. And that's useful, um, but it also doesn't tell the whole story. Because when you have, even when you have your average and your minimum latency, you still don't know how often uh, you've hit that minimum latency, right? Maybe I've measured, I did like a thousand uh, benchmarks and only one of them, um, I hit that minimum, right? And so it doesn't still, it still doesn't tell me a whole lot about my performance as a whole. So in addition to average minimum, uh, we also have maximum latency. Uh, and and maxi maximum in, uh, is, is the opposite of minimum. And so you measure the maximum of, of, of your benchmark. Um, maximum is actually uh, quite useful because it tells you something um, about the, uh, the variation between the average and the maximum. And usually when the average or when the difference between the average and the maximum is low, that is good because that means that your system as a whole is predicting uh, or is behaving uh, pretty uh, predictably. So 
By taking the average and the maximum, those those two are usually pretty useful. If you only have minimum and average, you know, that's usually, I mean, that doesn't say a lot about performance as a whole. So if I can, if I can see if I can break this down, average, it, it's, it's an important attribute, but we need to see, okay, well, how many times are we really hitting that average? Right. And, and we're talking about variation here. So going back to your, your comments on min and max, uh, just because you have a very low min doesn't mean that it's a great system, that it's running very performant. Right. Uh, just because you have a really high max doesn't mean that you have a really bad system, but it could, that difference is what really matters is, is the difference between that average and the max or difference between that average and the min. Right. Um, and ideally in, in a very highly performant system, uh, you'd want to reduce that jitter. I mean, we're talking real-time control systems here, so uh, distributed real-time control systems. So it's really important that you can trust that jitter is going to be within your within your range of uh, tolerance. Exactly. Yes. And so you're exactly right. So the distance between the minimum and the maximum and the average, if that is very low, then that means that your system is behaving very predictably. Now. Um, Often that's not the case, however, uh, because we're, you know, if you're running on an operating system that is not real time and most operating systems aren't, um, then you will have some variation. Um, and typically the, the maximum, there, there are some spikes. Um, so you will want to keep track of, well, how often do those spikes occur? You know, if it's only one per, you know, 10,000 samples might be okay. So, the, the really good tools, uh, and, and we provide one of those tools, um, they provide you something more. They actually provide you with percentiles. Um, and a percentile basically tells you about how much of a given benchmark was above a certain uh, latency. Um, and so that way you can see, well, if 90% of my benchmarks was below this certain number, then that means that my system was behaving predictably for 90% of the time. Um, if there are some very high benchmarks, very high latency benchmarks above the 99%, then I know that maybe for 1%, my system wasn't behaving very predictably, but you know, at least I know that for 99%, it was. Um, so percentiles give you a lot more visibility in, in the actual behavior of the system. And if you want to get a really good feel of, of how it behaves and how predictable it is, and, and that's the way to go. Right. That's really, really important, right? It's, uh, it's really knowing you know, how often your system is behaving in the way you want it to behave. And uh, for those of you who are completely enthralled with this conversation on statistics, um, Sander has has written a blog uh, helping to describe uh, just all these things that we've been talking about with uh, the different uh, min, max, median, um, average, and the percentile. So make sure you go check that out on the RTI website. We'll have the link in the show notes. Um but I think you had a, a really good point. Well, one, well, two really good points uh, that I'd like to address. One is that we have an awesome tool that we do. Uh, provides that, and that's uh, that's a tool called Perf Test. And you'll hear us talking about this a lot. Uh, so that's on our community site, available for free. Um, no need to even uh, get a license for for DDS. But you know, talk to uh, again the team, uh, Sander, myself, uh, and we can get you hooked up. And then the other good point is that there are these other tools, right? So even if these other tools are uh, producing uh, min, median, max, uh, we we need to really consider how they're measuring uh, and providing that information before you start comparing uh, a performance analysis of, of one tool on one system with a different tool on a different system. Uh, we're no longer comparing apples to apples here. We're, we're comparing you know, apples to puppies, 
um, as as maybe <laughs> uh, our CEO might uh, <laughs> describe. So, um, so can you talk a little bit more about how do how should our customers or how should our listeners reconcile uh, the 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 plethora of tools out there and the different technologies they're going to use for their systems? Can we, you know, what is maybe a first step that they can take to to assess um, if they're on the right path? Right. So what, what is really important is that you know what your tool is doing. Um, and so in a lot of cases, um, what I've seen is uh, implementations provide tools to provide or to benchmark the performance. And they don't necessarily tell the user what, what it's doing. Um, you basically just run the tool, you provide a few parameters, and then it just starts off doing its own thing and it will give you some numbers, right? Um, and this is actually something that we've mentioned before and I've also mentioned in the blog. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that you, you know, essentially, you have to go into the source code to check what, what a tool is doing before you can really trust the metrics that come out of it. Um, however, um, we actually did a recent update to our pair of test tool. And because this was actually an issue that uh, was affecting us as well. Um, but we made some improvement there. And so now when you start the tool, it actually tells you exactly what the tool is doing, um, which quality of service settings it's using, you know, how it's measuring, uh, the, uh, the, the benchmarks and which benchmarks it's, it's measuring. So that way, um, you know, when you start the tool, you immediately know what's going on. And, and that's really important. I mean, so not all the tools do that, but at least when you're using PerfTest, um, you can see, you know, what's happening. So, and that's, this is a, an important point for, for the audience here is, you know, if you are using RTI tools and you do feel like there's a way that PerfTest could provide you with more transparency, please reach out. I mean, the whole point is to get insight into your system. And that's what, what Sanders is talking about here is, you know, how do we get into looking at the performance of our system and how do we know and trust that data? So anything we can do uh, to help you trust the data that, that you uh, generate, uh, we are happy to do so. Uh, so, okay, so we've talked about um, statistics. We talked about perf uh, performance tools. Uh, talked about your blog, uh, blog and uh, the update to perf test. So let's just kind of... Um, before we get into that that twist I mentioned, let's just cap this performance uh, discussion a little bit more with uh, comparing, you know, benchmarking a couple applications versus an entire system, right? So, with our applications, you're just testing, you know, I'm sending a I'm sending us a, a data sample from you know application A to application B over some transport. Uh, what what do I do now if I'm scaling a system? What are the considerations I have to make? Right. Uh, I mean, so that's a whole different bell game. Um, you know, with, with our benchmark tools, you can basically measure the, let's say, like the, the core benchmarks, like how fast can I transfer data from one application to another application? Um, when you're benchmarking a system, there are a lot of things that you also have to take into account, um, like your application logic, right? These benchmark tools, they don't really do anything besides pumping data around. Uh, but when you have an actual system, then you're, you know, these applications are going to do something with the data and that is going to impact the timing. Um, also, you know, what you typically see in the system is that, um, like communication can be staggered. So like one message triggers another message, which triggers some behavior. Um, so, you know, those things are important. Um, and they can affect the overall performance of a system. And so it's important that you measure the, let's say, the output of the system. Uh, and that's something that is difficult to, you know, to measure with a generic tool. Uh, we do our best, uh, but, you know, some things are just, you know, you, you can't measure them with, with a generic tool. So I guess what I'm saying is, even though 
um, it is good to get a sense of the overall performance of an implementation before you get started with it. So, you know, perf test, definitely run it. Um, it is also important to keep in mind that an actual system might behave in, you know, unpredictable ways. And you have to make sure that you also benchmark that part. Yeah. So it sounds like you have to take into account the data flows of your system. Um, you mentioned, right? I mean, it's not just two applications talking to each other. You have multiple applications talking to each other in uh, complex manners. Um, so identifying critical paths and and trying to measure the the, um, the performance from one end of that path to the complete output of that system is important. Uh, right. Certainly mm-hmm. in, in, again, right in real-time control systems, it's, it's absolutely critical. Uh, so thanks, uh, Sandra. I really appreciate that. So now for our twist, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Sander is going to interview me uh, with regards to DDS security. So we'll talk uh, a little bit about the, the high levels of, um, of DDS security in the context of performance uh, as a little bit of a teaser for, for you to reach out and ask uh, more in-depth questions. Uh, so Sander, take it away. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so well, maybe you can start with explaining, you know, why why is security relevant to this conversation at all? So um, when you apply security, and we're talking, you know, encryption, signing, there's a lot of cryptography involved. These are uh, power hungry algorithms. Uh, so using them in, in a meaningful way helps make that trade off between security and performance. Uh, DDS security in particular offers uh, fine-grained and, and data-centric, so it's really extending the principles of DDS. It's part of the DDS uh, specification and um, really extends to focusing on protecting the data. And you, as uh, an architect of a system, can apply DDS security in a meaningful way that still fits your, uh, your performance requirements. Cool. So, so can you maybe describe like what kind of uh, things does DDS security provide? Yeah. So uh, there's a lot. There's a lot that it does provide. So I'll focus on on the more performance intensive uh, ap- uh, applications here. So uh, DDS security can uh, encrypt. It can sign um, data packets or uh, topics, uh, DDS topics. So. Uh, if I have one, if I have two participants, we'll keep it simple, two participants with, with three or four different topics, uh, going back and forth, uh, I can choose to encrypt or sign any one of those topics. And then I can choose not to do any kind of security for other topics. So if I have, uh, some temperature data, it's just ambient temperature, uh, going between, uh, maybe a, a healthcare device to some sort of monitor. I could take a thermometer. I can read that data in that uh, in that room. So it may not make sense to waste uh, compute cycles to uh, encrypt that data. Uh, but maybe I need to trust that data for some other uh, critical control system. So I might want to sign that data to know that nobody's tampered with it. So I can sign that data and not worry and and not exercise extra performance. Uh, sorry, extra compute cycles trying to encrypt it. All right, so so it sounds like we have pretty granular control over what you can do and with, with security and DDS. Absolutely, and that's yeah, that's our our, our tagline here, right? Is fine grained control um, uh, of security. So uh, I mentioned the topics, but if we go down to the packet level, we can even get even finer grained there. Uh, instead of encrypting the entire RTPS packet, I could encrypt maybe the sub message or just the user uh, data payload. So you have a whole lot of choices in where you apply security so that you can still meet performance requirements. So, so not only can you choose which topics are protected, 
but you can go down to the packet level and choose what parts of the packet are protected. So, uh, I mean, a lot of systems today, they are using uh, TLS, for example. Um, can you maybe contrast the, the things that you get that, you know, people doing today yeah. with TLS with, with DDS? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, with, with DDS security, it's, it's one layer of security in a system. Uh, there may be places for TLS. So this by no means is to say, uh, one is right for your system or one is, is not right for your system. But when we compare and contrast, uh, TLS typically is, is a point to point solution and, uh, encrypts and signs everything. So you have basically an all or none security solution, uh, for some, uh, systems that's appropriate, right? With our, our web systems nowadays, you know, I I don't trust a, a website that doesn't use TLS to encrypt my credit card data. But when we're talking scaled real-time control systems, uh, DDS can run over any transport for one, and then you can encrypt or sign any uh, fraction or, or uh, component of that data. So you're not tied into this all or none uh, security solution. So can you maybe tell me a little bit about um, how we can leverage things like uh, uh, features that are provided by an operating system or, or by hardware acceleration? Yeah, so uh, certainly with um, a lot of platforms, hardware platforms coming out nowadays, uh, there's hardware-based cryptography or um, crypto accelerators. So we can continue using software crypto libraries that just execute a lot faster. The instructions execute a lot faster on that hardware. Uh, for example, Intel has has their AES-NI uh, crypto acceleration, which we take advantage of, uh, that really cuts down uh, on the uh, the required uh, uh, compute cycles, right? So you're offloading that to this other engine. But um, from taking advantage of any kind of uh, operating system, if there's uh, any kind of uh, high-performant cryptography library in an operating system or hardware, it's it's really agnostic to DDS security, which will take advantage of those um, offerings and then apply it to, to your data, right? So you could plug in any kind of crypto engine, hardware crypto engine, software crypto engine, and DDS will simply uh, make API calls out to that uh, library or that hardware and apply it to security. So now... Uh, not only are you again getting taking advantage of fine grained uh, security with DDS security, but you're taking advantage on top of that of with uh, hardware acceleration. So you get that added bump uh, in performance. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm I'm learning something here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks thanks for uh, being a good sport and, and interviewing me here, Sander. So we wanted to give you guys a taste of of DDS security in the context of performance. Again, um, there's a lot more. Uh, to, to talk about with performance itself, with security and security and performance. Uh, so be sure to reach out to either your um, local RTI account team or to any of the folks here uh, on the podcast. We're happy to help get you in touch with, uh, with anyone at RTI that can, can help you architect and scale your system in a performant way. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Connect Podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions for future interviews, please be sure to reach out to us either on social media or at podcast at rti.com. Thanks and have a great day.